This is the Elevate Church Podcast. For a list of messages and for all updates about events and more information, check out our Instagram, Facebook, or visit elevate.city. Thanks for checking out the podcast. Here's today's message. Give it up for the worship team. They did an amazing job. So, so blessed. So blessed. Hey, um, last Sunday... We had an incredible Sunday. Wasn't it in just amazing to hear the stories? Can we give it up for all those amazing stories again? They were just unbelievable to hear what God is doing. And if you weren't here last Sunday, you can go to YouTube and, and watch the service. You can listen to the podcast. We had a bunch of the Elevate families share about what God has done in their life and how God has changed their life. And it was just so encouraging to hear uh, just stories of marriages healed and people finding purpose and people finding life and people finding healing again. And uh, it was just amazing. And it was an amazing day. And so we got done with the day and um, went to lunch uh, with some friends, went to Outback Steakhouse. Doesn't that sound good? Woo! I just love steakhouses. <laughs> They're like a gift from God, Okay. And so we went to Outback, and we're sitting there, and we're eating, and Jess just, like, looked at me, like, real quick. And she looked at me, and she said, she said, Kobe died. And I was like, what? She goes, like, she goes, no, Kobe, Kobe just died. You put up that, that picture of it. And I was like, no, that's not true. And then all of a sudden, the TVs, all the TVs, special report. And so we were eating. We got done eating. And I went home. And I turned on the TV. And I'll just be honest. I just, I watched TV for hours. You ever have that moment where you're just like, your brain's trying to compute like what's going on and what's happening? And I'm like watching every piece of news that I can grab onto. And here's the deal. I know that for you, when I say the name Kobe, some of you might think he's an amazing guy. Some of you might remember some really rough years that he had. And he did have some rough years. But how many of you know that you had some rough years and I've had some rough years and we all have rough years and we all have moments that we're not proud of and we're ashamed of. But thank God for God's grace. Amen. Can we just be honest about that? God's grace being so good to us. You know, I love the number 24 Kobe years. I loved it because Kobe grew up. He became a man. He became a father. He accepted responsibility, and you could just see the shift in him. And it was interesting. Over the last uh, probably year, um, I've started following him really, really closely because I just loved, you can go to that next picture, I just loved watching this. Whew. 
me and Jess, we were in the car a couple weeks ago, literally a couple weeks ago. And it was before Michael's game. And me and Ben were just watching some basketball highlights. And I told Jess, I said, Jess, you've got to see Kobe's daughter, Gigi. She's incredible. She's going to be the greatest woman basketball player ever. I was like, she might play in the NBA someday. I'm like, she is incredible. And we're in our van and we're watching highlights of his daughter. And we were just literally talking about this like two weeks ago. Go to the next picture. That was and so I'll be honest, like Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, I was just like in this like fog. And I, listen, I understand. I never met him. But listen, like, like, like basketball is a thing in our house. It's not like just a thing. It's like a big thing in our house. And like, like basketball community, it like it sounds super dumb, but it is like a community. And when people are in the community, you, love, you might battle on the court, but afterwards you take care of each other and, and you care about other people. And I, and I just, but I loved watching this because it reminded me, it reminded me of me and my sons. And I loved watching his passion. Like, I loved that he was so passionate about basketball, but I loved that he had become so passionate about his family and about his girls. And so the TV reads, Kobe Bryant, dead, 41. Gigi Bryant, dead, 13. And... And the other victims, I don't want to forget them. But I'll be honest with you. I'm, I'm just being completely real with you today. So I'm turning 40 this summer, okay? And it's weird. <laughs> it's just weird. It was back in October. I had a service. We had a service. I didn't have a service. We had a service. And I had this picture of my 30th birthday party. I remember back in October, I remember leaving service and getting in the car and just thinking, like, like where did 10 years go? Like, where did the time go? And feeling like, man, I'm turning 40. And I have this moment in my life to do something great. I have this moment in my life to invest into my kids. And when I saw that, I said, Kobe Bryant, dead at 41. It's just... I'll just be honest. It was for me, I don't know about you, but for me, it was one of those moments where it's like, man, life is short. There's this verse in James uh, chapter 4, verse 14. It says this. 
But you don't have a clue about what tomorrow will bring. For your fleeting life is but a warm breath of air that is visible only in the cold for just a moment, and then it vanishes. We just, we view life. We think it's so long, and we think we're going to be here forever, and we think we can plan out all of our days, but only the Lord knows all of our days. And only the Lord has determined all of our days. We're starting a new series today called Beyond. And um, it's going to have multiple meanings. And, but we're going to dive into this idea of life. And that life is more than earth and this place and this time. So go with me. If you got a Bible, pull out your Bible. Come. Pull out your Bible. If you don't have it, it'll be on the screen for you. Go to Colossians uh, chapter 3. We're going to really dive into the first four verses today. Verse 1. Christ's resurrection is your resurrection too. Meaning this, that when Christ Jesus rose again, the Bible says this, that as believers in Christ Jesus, we die to this life. We get this? We die to this life. We don't physically die, but we die to the hunger and the appetite for what the world has to offer. And then we are resurrected with Christ. The Bible says we sit at a place with him in heavenly realms. It says this. This is why we are to yearn for all that is above. That word yearn means to hunger, to desire for something that isn't here. To hunger and desire to be with Jesus. I love how I got saved. I got saved, and my life has been a continuous journey of God changing me. Can I get an amen from anybody on that, okay? Like, it just doesn't happen overnight, okay? But I cut my teeth not in services, and I didn't cut my teeth on podcasts. And I didn't cut my teeth on anything but the presence of God. We had a sanctuary at the church, Rockford First Assembly. They kept it open 24 hours. And you could go and you could pray anytime. And they would just have, you know, sometimes they'd have worship music on. Sometimes it would just be piano. I remember this, this lady, her name was Sarah Kelly. And she would come in. There was this grand piano 
And she would come in and she would play the grand piano sometimes. And I remember just being up in the balcony as she was playing and she was just playing and she was worshiping. Just like it was so cool the other night. It was about 1230 the other night. Me and Ben were in bed. We're talking. And it says Justin Bieber goes live. And I was like, okay, let's go see what Bieber is doing. And for like 30 minutes, it's just Justin Bieber had a piano in his house. And he was just playing the piano and he was just worshiping live on Instagram. It was just beautiful. Just beautiful. And so I cut my teeth on, on just spending time with Jesus. Just hungry for his presence. Hungry for what we felt in worship today. Because what we felt in worship today was the presence of God. When the presence of God comes, it is peace and it's joy and it's love and it's acceptance. And that's why we love we love worship here at Elevate Church because you might have had the worst week, but you come into the presence of God and you go, wow, God really loves me. So I, I hunger for the things beyond this life. It says this, for that's where Christ sits in thrall of the place of power, honor, and authority. Verse 2, yes, Feast on all the treasures of the heavenly realm and fill your thoughts with heavenly realities and not with the distractions of the natural realm. The devil wants nothing more than for you and I to never think about eternity. Right? He hates the thought of us thinking Beyond this life. In 1942, C.S. Lewis, any C.S. Lewis fans out there? In 1942, C.S. Lewis wrote this book called Screwtape Letters. It's an incredible book. Okay? It's about, it's a, it's a, it's a fictional book, but, it's, but there's so much truth in it. It's a story of a senior demon named Screwtape, and he gives his junior demon, Woodworm, advice on how to keep Christians distracted. Screwtape in the book understands that if believers understand eternity, okay, I'm not talking about unbelievers, I'm talking about believers. He understands if believers in Jesus get a hold of eternity, that they will live for Jesus and they will advance his kingdom. Because when you understand eternity and you understand how short this life is, you understand that I am not living for this life, but I am living for the next life. And this life is just a mist. It's a vapor. It's here and then it's gone. See, the world understands Kobe Bryant, 1978, Dash 2020. And the world celebrates what? The dash? That's what we celebrate. We celebrate everything that happened within, between 1978 and 2020. And the devil, he is so good at getting us to obsess 
and be super distracted about that dash. That it's all about that dash. It's all about, I just have a little bit of time. And so my world is about my world and my dash. And he distracts us. He distracts us with all kinds of stuff. Sometimes it's sexual stuff. Sometimes it's hunger for wealth. Sometimes it's idol worship. Sometimes it's anger. Sometimes it's bitterness. Sometimes it's gossip. He loves distracting us, keeping us busy. But you want to know what's super interesting to me is that the enemy is so good and he's so cunning and he's so smart that he is kind of pivoted in a new direction, especially for the people in the church, especially for believers, where he is distracting us not on bad things, but distracting us on really good things. Whew. He is so good. Did you know that the Global Wealth Institute said this, that this year global health and wellness industry is worth $4.2 trillion in America? In America, we're just chasing, and listen, I believe in health and wellness, and I got a treadmill for Christmas, and we set it up the other night, and I ran my little booty on that treadmill, and I wanted to throw up, but I know, I know that my body needs it, okay? I want to play basketball with my kids when I'm 50 someday, so I've, I've got to do something different, right, Okay? Doing what I'm doing isn't working right now, okay? I promise you, okay? I've got to do something different, okay? So I, I believe in health, and I believe in wellness, and I believe there's a lot of good out there, and I'm not, I'm not knocking it at all, but it has become an obsession. People are obsessed, distracted by diets, New diets, it's just like constantly new diets, new superfood, new, new, new. The enemy knows what he's doing. We're so distracted on year-round sports for our kids, right? Like, it's not just something for your kid to play one sport, but they got to play every sport, and they got to play every sport all year around. Meaning what? That you are distracted on sports all year around. Meaning that you're driving to sporting events all year around. Meaning that you are dominated with time with sporting events. And listen, I'm just going to be, it's not, I'm not being mean. I'm not being judgmental. Look at, look at your name and say, Pastor Jeff is not mean. Say, Pastor Jeff is not mean. It's not judgmental. Okay. Listen, I've been playing sports my whole life, okay? I don't see any kids in our church going pro right now, I'll be honest with you, okay? <laughs> I'm just being real, okay? I had a dream. That dream died when I graduated. I went to college for one year to play college basketball. I realized I was spending a lot of money not to go to college, but just to continue playing basketball, okay? Listen, we're obsessed, We're obsessed with work. We're obsessed with careers. We'll sacrifice our family. We'll sacrifice friendships. We'll sacrifice intentional moments with our family because we can't stop thinking about work. 
work, work, work. Or how about this one? My time, right? It's my time. My time to do what? We're going to go apple picking on Sunday. We're not going to go to church. There's apples to pick. It's fall. It's my time. We've got to pick the apples. If we don't pick the apples, who's going to pick the apples? Right? We're obsessed with our trips. We're obsessed with Sky Zone and parades and festivals. You people go to more parades and festivals than I've ever seen anybody in my life. I follow all of you on Instagram. I'm always like, another parade. How many parades can there be in a year? You know what I mean? And then I'm like, it's the same parade as last year's parade. You know what I mean? Like, but the enemy is so good at getting us to be hopelessly distracted. Hopelessly distracted on this dash. And we totally forget that there is this thing called eternity and that we have a life on the other side. Did you know you have a life on the other side? Did you know that you'll be doing things in heaven with the Lord? Did you know that the Lord's going to come back and reestablish his kingdom here on the earth? And the earth is going to be perfect, and we're going to live with Christ Jesus on the earth, just like the Garden of Eden? Did you know that you have a life beyond this life? It's called eternity. And we don't live for eternity. Why? Because we don't think about eternity. We don't think about eternity, or we don't even like to think about it, right? Because the moment we start talking about death or eternity, we're just like, ooh, ooh. <laughs> you know, you're like, you get itchy. You're like, oh, I think I got to go to the bathroom, you know? Like, we out of here, you know? We don't like it. Go back to Colossians 3 with me. Verse 3. It says, your crucifixion with Christ. Meaning what? You died to this life. Yes, I'm in this life, but this life doesn't rule my life. I died to this life. This life doesn't lead my life. It has severed the ties to this life, and now your true life is hidden away in God, in Christ. Verse 4, and as Christ himself is seen, meaning this, as you see Christ Jesus, this is why we worship, to get you, get you unfocused off of your life. Because we all just had a week, and a lot happened in the last seven days. And so when we worship, we lose focus of that week, and we start putting our eyes on Jesus. And when we put our eyes on Jesus himself and seeing for who he really is, the word says, who you are will also be revealed. The real you will come forward. When you get into the presence of God, you'll go, oh, you love me that way, that's how I'm supposed to love. You accept me this way, that's how I'm supposed to love and accept people. You, you're gracious to me, you're kind to me, that's how I'm supposed to be gracious and kind to people. 
It's in him. When we see him, we become like him. Two things I want us to understand today is this. Number one is this. When you see and experience Jesus, the world becomes a cheap knockoff. Let's all get saved again right now in Jesus' name. When you experience, this is why Ephesians says that you should experience the love of God. Not some religious thing. Not some like, I just went to church thing. But when you experience God and his love, which can I, I want to make sure I abundantly clearly tell you this. He loves you. He loves you. He is for you. He is not angry with you. He's not against you. He's not frustrated at you. He desperately loves you. And when you experience that love, when you experience that love, all of a sudden, the world is like, why was I so hungry for that? Why did I yearn for that so much? When I was a youth pastor, I used to tell our students this. It's like this. I love cupcakes. Anybody else a cupcake fan? Okay. Love all the little cupcake shops around the city, okay? Know them all, okay? All right? That's why I'm on the treadmill, okay? All right? Look at it this way. If you had a cupcake and you had no icing and they just gave you a cupcake, you'd be like, yo, where's the icing, man? Where's that buttercream ice cream? I mean, icing, okay? Or if they were like, stick out your paw and you stuck out your hand and they just, a paw, yeah, a paw. It's my paw, okay? And they just squeeze some icing in your hand. You're like, what am I supposed to do with this? Really? Your life with Jesus is like this. Jesus is the cupcake. Life is the icing. Right? Did you get it? So what's the substance? Jesus is the substance. Jesus is the cupcake. Life is the icing on top of the cupcake but we're trying to live off of icing, right? We're trying to find our self-worth, our identity, our hope, our dreams, and icing in distractions. The enemy's got us chasing. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 18, we'll have it on the screen for you. Verse 18 says this, I pray that the light of God, what is the light of God? God's holiness, his purity, and his truth. His holiness, his purity, and his truth. And you need his truth. I need his truth. It says this, I pray that the light of God, this is what Paul says, the light of God would illuminate the eyes of your imagination. What is he saying? You have imaginations and dreams and thoughts and passions that are outside of God's plan for your life. Right? 
We've talked about this. We've talked about this over the last few weeks to start the year. We got illuminations. I, we have imaginations in life like, man, I really need that BMW. And I need to go into super crazy debt to get that BMW. Instead of waiting for God's timing, because this is what the Bible says in the book of Psalms, that he knows the desires of your heart, and as you seek him, he'll give you the desires of your heart. So it's not like God forgets about your desires. God actually knows every single one of your desires and keeps track of them, and he has a list of them, and he knows, but he wants to get them to you in the right timing when you can handle it. Right? So we have these imaginations that are outside of God, and Paul goes, I want his light, his holiness, his purity, and his truth to flood your imaginations and to flood your thoughts and to change them. It says this, flooding you with light until you experience the full revelation of his hope and of his calling. Meaning this, God picked you. Look at your neighbor and say, he picked you. 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 Listen, I need everybody to super understand this, okay? If you don't understand that you are called by God with us to help him, Elevate Church will never become what it's called to be. Did you get that? We will never become it because you were brought here, called by God to partner with us so that we could change the world. So that we wouldn't live for this dash, but that we would live for eternity. You're called. You are called. Second truth is this. It said this, that you would find your real life the real life in you, meaning this, that when you see Jesus, all of the priorities of your life will change. Oh, man, I don't know who's shouting me down, but I love it. <laughs> Come on now, I love it, in Jesus' name. Your priorities will change. What will change? The value system of your life will change. So, okay, listen, we love basketball in the Workmeister house. It's, it's just a, like, mandatory thing. You're just, you're going to play basketball, okay? Okay? All right? Even, look, even, like, look, I'm just, look, he's not in here, but I love him to death. My middle son, Ben, right now, he's 10. And, I mean, if you would think when he runs down the court, you saw a rhino running down the court. It, like, he is trying to break the court with his feet when he runs. He runs so hard right now. But we're like, no, in Jesus' name, you're going to become a power forward. You're going, to be, you're going to be a Charles Barkley for Jesus. You know what I mean? Like, all right? So, so listen, like, we, we love basketball. We love basketball, okay? But what value system am I giving my kids in that? Is the value system that we love basketball and it's something fun and it's a part of our life? Or do we love basketball because you've got to become the best player so that you can go to college and you can be a college basketball player? Right? What's the value system? Because in 2020, that's the goal in all sports. 
soccer, baseball, tennis, everything. It is no longer about, man, this is fun. It is about you better become the best and you better train year-round and you better work your hardest and you better become somebody so that you can get a scholarship and we don't have to pay for your college and you can go to school and, and, and this is your life. I had a coach recently ask my son, Michael, that's on the front row here, he's 14. He asked him, he said, said hey, Michael, uh, do you want to play basketball in college? Because he's good enough. I'm not saying that he's going to go play for Duke. Now, if Coach K came calling, <laughs> we'll take that call, okay? All right? All right? But he could play in college somewhere. This coach asked him, he said, do you want to play in college? And he looked right at him and he said, nope. He said, nope. No. Why does a 14-year-old kid not want to play college basketball? Because of the value system. The value system in our house is not college basketball. The value system. The value system in our house is that I, as the father, the leader of my house, and men, let me speak to you, you are the Authority, God placed you as authority, not to dominate your wife. I do not believe in that in Jesus' name. It is a partnership. You honoring your wife as Christ loved the church, men. But men, it is your job to set the tone in your home. It is your job to pursue Jesus and to give value systems to your family. So it's my job to give a value system to my boys. And my value system, the value system of my life is that I love spending time with Jesus. Love it. Because in the presence of God, I find peace, I find rest, I find hope, I find identity, I find love, I find it all in Jesus. So Michael receives his value system from who? His father. The value system of our home isn't college basketball. We love basketball, but that is not the value system of our home. The value system of the workmeister home is Jesus and eternity. That's what we pursue. And as I pursue my father, Jesus, my father, his value system is what? The first one is this, time spent with him. Valuing him. The second is this, people. My God values people. People. I said this at prayer on Wednesday night. We were praying for people because I want to keep reaching people. Like, I know it's super full today, but I want it to be 10 times more full. And I want to have like 20 services. I don't care how many times I have to preach. Because I want to reach people. Because Jesus wants to reach people. God cares about people. God is hungry for people. God loves people. And I just want to make this abundantly clear. As people come into our house, and they come in, and they don't share the same value systems that we do, it's okay. It's all right. Because guess what? We're going to love them really well. 
And we're going to show them who Jesus is. And we're going to care for them. And we're going to show them how to follow Jesus. They are lost, and that is okay, because I was lost one day. Amen? So we are not going to be a community that goes, it is for us and not them. No, it is No, it is constantly, no, them, them, them. People, people, people. Amen? The third thing God values is this, doing whatever it takes to keep people from hell and heal their broken lives. God's concerned about eternity. Romans chapter 14, verse 10 says this, why do you judge your brothers and sisters because of their diet? Because remember back in the day, the diet was a big deal with the Old Testament, the law, and then God came and changed it all, and there was a big old hiccup about all this, and they're judging one another. And isn't it funny that we're still judging each other in 2020? It may not be about diet, but we're judging each other on social media every day, and we're judging each other in the church, and who's more spiritual, and who's more holy, and who loves Jesus more, and blah, 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 Right? despising them for what they eat or don't eat. It says this, for each of you will have your turn to stand before God's judgment seat. Now, I want to make sure we all understand this today. If you believe in Christ Jesus and you've confessed him to be the Lord of your life, you are saved. Amen. If you die today, you're going to heaven. It's amazing. It's amazing. God's grace covers a multitude of your mistakes, your sin, and you're going to go to heaven. But that does not eliminate the judgment seat of Christ. A lot of times we don't understand this as believers, that someday you will stand before Jesus and give an account of your life. Verse 11 says this, it is written, as surely as I am the living God, I tell you, every knee will bow before me, every tongue will confess that I am the truth. We get so upset about people that won't serve Jesus. It's not your job to be concerned about that. God says they'll they'll bow before me someday. They'll come face-to-face with the creator. Even if they don't want to, they'll bow. He's God. Verse 12, therefore, each of you must answer for himself and give a personal account for his own life before God. This is what drives me. This, this is what burns in me. That someday I'm going to stand before Jesus and I'm going to give an account for my wife and my kids and for each and every one of you in this church. I am going to give an account. I'm going to stand before him and he's going to go, what did you do for me? And we get really worked up in all this because we're like, no, it's all about grace. Yes, it is about grace. Salvation is simply about grace. I'm not talking about salvation. I'm talking about what you will do for eternity. Not for this life. This life will come and this life will go. 
that vacation, that home, that apple picking day, all those things, they will come and they will go. But you will stand before Jesus someday and give an account for what you did for him in this life. It burns in me. And even when I don't want to sacrifice, I sacrifice. Even when I don't want to give God my best, this is what burns in me. Because I'm like, this life is but a moment. I'm going to the other side someday. Worship team, you can come up. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 11 says this. For no one can lay a foundation other than the one that's already been laid, Christ Jesus. Anyone who builds on a foundation may use various materials, gold, silver, jewels, or wood, hay, and straw. But on judgment day, fire will reveal what kind of work each builder has. Meaning this, your motives... And what you did with your time on earth, it's either going to be pure in front of God. Or it's just going to be wood, hay, and stubble, and it's just going to burn. A few years ago, I had, a, I had the pastoral call phone, and I got a call that, Somebody in our church, their house is on fire. And so I ran to the house and got to the house and there's flames everywhere and the fire department's there and they're trying to put it out. And they eventually get it out. And Later that night, they let the family in and I went into the house with them and just trying to salvage any little thing from the house. And I remember we got out of the house really quick. It's just, it's... A house fire is a smell that you've never smelled in your entire life. It is unreal. And we got out of the house, and I'm standing there with them, and I'm just trying to encourage them, and I'm trying to love them. And I'm like, you know, we're going to get you a hotel for the next few weeks. We're just going to take care of you. I'm just trying to reassure to them that it's going to be okay. And she looked at me, and she said, it all burns. We're here. And that's what matters. Jesus protected us. All that stuff. She said, it's just stuff. It's just stuff. I have two questions today. One, are you living for what's beyond? Are you in relationship with Jesus? If you are in relationship with Jesus, are you living for what's beyond this earth, beyond this time, beyond this moment? Are you living for what's beyond? It's a big question. My second question is this. Will you choose to live beyond for Elevate Church so that we can continue to reach people. Because it's a choice. It's a choice to serve. 
I was praying this week right here, and the Lord told me, he said, two services are coming. There's so many people that are coming. Two services are coming. He said, get ready for two services. And then before church today, or during worship today, Darren gave me a prophetic word, and Darren had a dream that, 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 that Jesus visited him, and he came uh, Darren came to me, and in the dream, Darren told me, Jesus said, get ready because I'm sending my kids to Elevate Church. I'm sending them to Elevate Church. Get ready. Listen, God, God is crazy about this area. He's crazy about people. He wants to reach people. We're going to need to go to two services. What does that mean? We need help. We need people that will choose to go, you know what? I'll help, I'll live for beyond, I'll serve, I'll give my time. Amen? Come on, amen. Come on, serving shouldn't be like, oh God, you're asking me to serve. No, it should be, I am so excited to honor Christ Jesus with my time and my effort and my energies. I'm living for beyond. Amen? Amen? I'm living for beyond. I'm sowing into eternity. So if you're currently a part of the house, you're not serving, serve. Please serve. Please serve. If you're not and you don't know anything about it, that's why we have next. We have next in a couple weeks. Sign up for next. Take the class and we'll get you involved. Amen? Now, on the seat in front of you, look, everybody look at the seat in front of you. There's a Beyond card. Grab the Beyond card, okay? So here's the deal. We got to take some steps in 2020 to go beyond, okay? The first thing is this. Everybody look at me. Look at me. We need an associate pastor, okay? We are trying our best right now. And we need help. We need help with administration. We need help with pastoral care. I need somebody else that can counsel. I need somebody else that can go to hospital visits sometimes. I need somebody else. We are, we are thin, me and Jess, right now. And Pastor Matt is doing a great job, and I'm so excited. He wanted that cruise. He got room service every night. He told me at like two o'clock in the morning. I'm so, but he is, he's working hard too. We need an associate. The other thing is this. I can't tell you how many people have told me, man, it's loud in here. It's loud. Yeah, it's loud because there's more people. And the speakers that we have right now are not meant for this room. They were a cheap fix for the other building. They're not meant for this building. And listen, look, can we give it up for John Thompson? I mean, give it up for John Thompson. Listen, I love John Thompson. John Thompson has been with me. Talk about somebody who's living for eternity, the Thompson family, okay? John Thompson has followed us wherever we went and has been my sound engineer, my tech guy, 
for the last, I think like 12 years, the last 12. And I remember when we were leaving Michigan, he told me, he said, I know you're gonna start a church someday. And when you start a church, me and my family, we're gonna come and we're gonna be a part of it. He was part of the first 18, the first 18. He doesn't live in Cincinnati for any other reason than elevate church. None of his family lives there, living for eternity. But we need new speakers. We need some new equipment to get stuff ready for the live stream. Listen, there's people. There's people to reach. They need to see this. They need to taste this. We gotta go grab them. We gotta go grab them. So listen, on the card, everybody look at your card now, okay? We need help. So here's what we're asking, okay? Here's what we're asking. There's three boxes. There's three categories. The first category is this. Will you commit to tithing? Will you commit to 10%? Will you, as an individual or you as a family, will you commit to go, you know what, we're gonna put Jesus first. We will put Jesus first. We will commit to tithing. We'll commit to reoccurring giving. We will commit to that. Maybe that's who you are. Maybe you're already doing that. And thank you for the people who do that. Thank you. You have no idea what it means to us. Thank you, thank you, thank you. But if you are already currently tithing, we're gonna ask for two things. Number one, you feel that the Lord goes, I want you to sow a large gift. A large gift. When I'm talking about a large gift, I'm talking about like, $2,000 or more large gift. Talking about like $10,000 checks, $20,000 checks, $30,000 checks. I know some of you are like, that's insane. But you know what? God sends people to do that exact thing. It has happened over the last four years. And you are here today because there have been people who have done that. Somebody last year wrote me a $260,000 check to get us into this building. And I believe the Spirit of the Lord will press on people and go, you know what? Yeah, take that 10,000, take that 20,000, invest it into my kingdom. That's one box. Or maybe you go, you know what? We don't have $10,000, but you know what? We could make a sacrifice and we could give another $100 each month. We could give another $200 each month. We can give beyond what we're currently doing. Amen? And this is what we believe. If we all do what the Holy Spirit tells us to do, every need will be met. Amen? Every need will be met. And we'll be able to go beyond and do what God has called Elevate Church to do. And let me, let me reassure you, God is not a robber. He is not a robber. He will not rob. I promise you, as you trust him, he will bless you in ways you could never imagine. Ever. Come on, give it up for that. So it's a choice to think about eternity. It's a choice to think about beyond. It's a choice to think about the next. Amen. Why don't you stand up this morning? So this is what we want you to do. 
We want you to take this card. We want you to pray. And ask the Lord, what does he want you to do? Okay? And then fill out that card, write your name, check a box, put something on it, and give it to us. Let us know that you're with us on this journey. Amen? Okay? Let's put the Lord first in Jesus' name. Come on, let's pray. Father, we love you and praise you. Praise you. With every eye closed, if you're in this house today, do you go, I haven't made Jesus the Lord of my life. I haven't, I haven't confessed with my love, with my mouth that he is Lord of my life. And you're here today and you go, you know what? That is me. That is me. The Lord was speaking to me all service about eternity. He was speaking to me about eternity. With every eye closed, if you're in here today, you go, you know what? I need to make Jesus the Lord of my life. Just raise your hand up real high. Got hands up all over the place. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let's pray this prayer together as a family. Say, Jesus, I come to you and I surrender my life. I believe in eternity. And I believe that you died for me, but that you rose victoriously. So I give you my life. I surrender it to you. Come. Fill my heart with your love, your grace. Father, I love every single one of these people, and I ask, God, that you would bless them. I ask, God, that you would favor their lives. I ask in the name of Jesus that you would increase their territory. I ask in the name of Jesus as they put you first and seek you, Lord, that you would take their life beyond, that you would do incredible, exceedingly, abundantly more than they could ever hope, dream, or imagine, God. Father, bless your people. Fill them with wisdom. We love you. We love you. We praise you. We ask this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen, amen. Thanks for listening to Elevate Church Podcast. We'd love to have you join us for service on Sundays or at a dinner party on Friday nights. Check out our Facebook, Instagram, or website at elevate.city for more information.